Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, episode 107. I come from a very spiritual family. Mm-hmm. I mean, my cousin is a naturopathic doctor. His mm-hmm. ex-wife does feng shui. My uncle is a yoga teacher. My grandmother at 95, she doesn't go to the doctor. She uses crystals. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Christy Reeves. Christy has been in the entertainment industry since childhood. She's worked intensely in dance, theater, and film. As a teenager, Christy spent every spare minute dancing, and after graduating high school, she received a teaching diploma in classical ballet from the Royal Academy of Dance in London. She has danced, sung, and acted in numerous musical theater productions. She's even appeared in music videos with J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, (laughs) you go girl, and she's won awards for her choreography. Christy is an indigo, which means she's highly sensitive, very determined, and follows her inner voice. I really can't wait to learn more. But before we get to our interview with Christy, we just have to tell you about today's sponsor. We just have to. Today, we are pleased to announce that we have joined Patreon. Yay! So excited. Yep. Patreon is a way to pay your favorite creators for making the stuff you love. Like us. And in exchange, we give you cool, exclusive stuff back. (laughs) Right. Like private podcasts. Like ebooks and action plans. Like shout-outs on Twitter and Facebook. Like swag bags. Swag bags. (laughs) And we use the donation you make each month to bring you better and better content. So your participation helps us help you. Helping us help you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it goes round and round. So there are all these different perks of supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, like for 10 bucks a month, you can become a fabulous friend and receive a Twitter and Facebook shout-out once per month each on our Twitter account with over 7,000 followers and on our Facebook account with over 5,000 followers. Social promotion, baby. (laughs) We'll also follow you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Or for just $50 a month, you can come in as a Vitality Vixen and you'll receive all the perks we just mentioned, plus an info-packed ebook, The Vitality Cleanse, to teach you how to detox in five days with shopping lists and a schedule. Plus an exclusive VIP podcast, How to Banish Negative Thoughts and Create a Life of Abundance with Alita McDaniel. I love Alita. I know, who doesn't? She's the best. Plus, you also get a 10-minute meditation for prosperity and abundance. And the first 10 people to sign up as a Vitality Vixen or any higher level will receive a brand new swag bag from us. Swag bag. 
I can't not sing it. I you have can't a not sing it. I have it. a problem. Okay, yes, and we've got some new swag this time around. So if you won the swag bag contest before, you can still enter, and you'll get a whole new bag of organic, vegan, luscious swag. We've got a lot of books this time as well. I want to add that. We've got some products from Global Healing Center. We know you're going to love the swag bag. We give good swag. Yeah, we so do. check out all of this and more at patreon.com slash Nation. Next up, our interview with Christy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right, today we're here with an awesome guest, Christy Reeves. Christy owns the production company Songlines Entertainment. She's currently producing and interviewing for the third season of her documentary series, The Children of the Rainbow. This documentary series is about the new generation of indigo, rainbow, and crystal children, their struggles and gifts, and what we as a society can do to support our children and help them thrive. These children have the power to change the world for the better, and we need to support them in their mission. Such a beautiful mission. Thanks for being here. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So good to have you. Thank you. So we met, originally we met at a film festival, but we reconnected, luckily, at Jason Robel's Eternity book signing party, which was amazing because you just came up to me and you said, Allison, it's Christy. And I said, oh my God. I know. It was so wonderful to see you there. <laughs> yeah. And you got to meet Susie. That was a really fun night. And, yeah, you know, I'm glad there was a lot of really good, solid people there. So I'm so glad to reconnect because we had yeah. met years ago. What was your involvement in that film festival? someone had invited me. I didn't know anybody at that mm -hmm. film festival. Yeah. And I just ended up sitting next to you and Eva. Yeah. And we started talking. Yeah. Evita, who we've had on the podcast a couple times, who healed herself. And I had done a film about her story, just a short, and it had been in the film festival. So that was a great place to connect with a lot of like great holistic minded people. And mm -hmm. I still keep in touch with some of them. Some of them I haven't talked to in a while, though. So yeah. I'm glad we got to reconnect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you have done so much since then, and you've got this amazing documentary series, which is about the new generation of indigo, rainbow, and crystal children. And Susie and I sort of know what that is. We have our own ideas. We'd love to hear it in your own words, what these children really are and what it means to be indigo, rainbow, or crystal. Mm -hmm. I've got to talk about what they all have in common first. All of these children are super, super highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. They really walk around and they can feel everything in their environment. They feel what's going on. They can feel when there's negative energy around, but they also feel when there's positive energy around. And they often absorb that energy like little sponges. Mm -hmm. All of them have a fierce determination to create changes in the world, changes for the better, no matter if it's with a science or arts or alternative healing, mm -hmm. they're here to make the world a better place. Activism, environmentalism, those are the indigos, the crystal and the rainbow children. That's beautiful. So they come to the earth with a mission. Yes. <laughs> and what a big are, one. What are the differences between them? The indigos are the older generation, but I think there's still indigos coming in. Most indigos were born in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they were actually named indigos because they have this indigo-colored aura. And there was a woman named Nancy Tappe who wrote about seeing the world through color. She had synesthesia and she saw this indigo color in the aura of many people she was meeting back in the 60s and 70s. And she all 
felt they had very similar characteristics. Mm. And the characters of the Indigos, I, I always say they're born with a sword in their hand. They're really here, they're whipping out their sword and they're changing the old system. They're like, the fighters. Yeah, the uh -huh. fighters, the warriors, the system busters, they're often called system busters because they're really, really here showing us which systems are out of integrity, out of alignment, which systems don't work anymore. And they're really here to pretty much tear down those systems. And I believe because the rainbows with their fierce and fiery warrior energy have created so much change already, then the rainbows have been coming in and the crystals have been coming in. And both of these children have a much more peaceful energy. They come in the room, they change the energy of the room. Mm -hmm. Or many of these kids, you see them not even 10 years old, being amazing artists or even creating in their teenage years amazing scientific technology where you're like blown away. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how can someone determine if they are an indigo, rainbow, or crystal or if their child is? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's interesting. I'm often being asked, is my, is my child an indigo or crystal child or rainbow child? I feel that if someone is very, very rebellious and doesn't like to take no for an answer and will speak up, that's probably very much a characteristic of an indigo child. That kind of sounds like most children I know, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, hey, like, are, are most children indigos or are most children not? See, I believe that every single child is special mm -hmm. and every single child might have a little bit of that indigo or maybe of that crystal or maybe of that rainbow child energy within themselves. Sure, sure. And creating a label such as indigo, rainbow, crystal doesn't mean these children are more special than others. Right. Or they're right. the only ones who have a mission or the only ones who have those characteristics. I feel like most of us have a certain characteristic of an indigo or crystal or rainbow child. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it's a little bit stronger, what we would call traits of an indigo or traits of a rainbow, than it is for others. But I think every single person in this world, every single child in this world, has the opportunity, the possibility, the gift to create amazing changes in the world. Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. It's kind of like, hey, baby, what's your sign? Like, you're, everyone has an astrological sign. You just have certain characteristics of some rather than others, right? Correct. Yes. Something mm -hmm. like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So tell us about your documentary series. You've got mm -hmm. two seasons on air. That's right. Yeah. So we have 24 episodes that have already been released. We're in the middle of post-production on season three. We're already scheduling interviews for season four for later on in the fall. And we've been airing them since, I think we shot the first one in 2012. Mm -hmm. And that was a really spontaneous one. I, it, it was actually not even planned. We were still in development and I was at a seminar at a workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was the last day of class and I was having lunch with one of the ladies and she tells me this really beautiful story about her boy who was diagnosed with selective mutism. What and is that? Selective mutism? Mutism, yeah. What but he that? chooses to talk sometimes and sometimes to not talk. Oh, mute. I understand. Okay. And it's... Huh. The psychiatric label is selective mutism. And okay. she tells the story how the doctors wanted to put him on medication. Mm. And she actually stepped into her gifts as a healer mm. and accepting his her child the way he was yeah. and saying, you know what, if because if her child told her, I'm going to talk when I'm five years old, mom. Until then, I don't really want to talk. And wow. she's like, oh, fine. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. When he was five, he started talking. Well, Einstein didn't talk till he was four, right? That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Uh-uh. Yeah, he didn't talk. And they thought, the scientists all thought, or the doctors uh-huh. all thought there was something seriously wrong with them because there's a certain period of language development that ch- children, you know, some start early, some start okay. later, that it's supposed to develop. And if you don't start speaking, then they're like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. And... And I can understand that because sometimes sure. there can be developmental de- delays or whatever. In other cases, as Einstein, there was no development. He just didn't speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wonder if he was also Well, he an did indigo. a lot for the world. So. Absolutely. I wonder and, if he was yeah. an indigo. And I mean, the term indigo was, wasn't created until the 1960s. Mm-hmm. But I believe there are people or have been people around for hundreds of years who would be called an indigo. I mean, look at Joan of Arc back in the 1300s. I totally believe that Henry David Thoreau was a total indigo. He was a total rebel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Einstein would have probably been diagnosed with ADD. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, a lot of, um, yeah, geniuses of our time would have been diagnosed with, like he didn't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Thomas Edison probably with learning disabilities. Isaac Newton with learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And thank God that they weren't labeled and put on. I don't even know if they had psychiatric drugs back then. But, you know, they they weren't, you know, put in a home or something. I don't know what they did to children back then. But thank God they were allowed to use their gifts for good and bettering the world and changing the world as we know it today. Absolutely. And so is this all you do? Is this your full time job? Do you do many other things? What else are you up to? We are currently working on two feature films that mm-hmm. we're developing. One is called The Colors of the Future. Mm-hmm. And it's about these, based on the Rainbow Warrior prophecies, and about these kids that are stepping into their gift, stepping into their power and changing the world. Wow. And then my producing partner over in Florida, he's been working on a script about the education system and how the education system is putting children in a box and what needs to change. And we figured it would be nice to show the message through a feature film, through a narrative feature. Beautiful. In order to bring more awareness to the education that, again, indigos are going to be changing and that needs to be changed. That absolutely needs to be changed. I don't know if you guys saw Michael Moore's latest film. Not um, yet. Where to Invade Next. Where to Invade Next. Thank you. Did you see it? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know We've been talking it. about this for weeks, Allison. You have to see it. I will. <laughs> but he goes over to Europe. Your stomping grounds. And he goes to various countries and explores different systems that are in place, whether they're political or educational or societal. And he explores education and he goes to Finland. Finland. I'm trying to think if it was like it was somewhere in Scandinavia. I believe it was Finland. And they have like the best. They used to not be so great. And then they stepped up their game. And now they have like the best rated, the best educational system ever. And the kids have like 20 minutes of homework, maybe. They don't take standardized tests. Their focus is on making them think creatively and also interspersing it with play. And the kids are happy and they're more productive. And it's like, it's joyous. It's like they look forward to go to school versus American kids where they have tests and homework and uh, schools, uh, you know, they just, they don't look forward to it. It's such a difference. And there has to be a shift. I mean, the way that, that we're educating our children in the United States we're behind. First of all, it's not working. And second of all, it's making them miserable. It is making them miserable. And if you think about our education system, it's more than 100 years old. Who would go to a hospital if we were operating the way you operated 100 years ago? Mm-hmm. So why is it okay for education to, to not evolve? Sure. And not even that, but also the fact of what they're feeding the kids in school, which I know yeah. you're passionate about because you're also a vegan. And so what would your vision be for the schools in terms of what they learn and what they eat and everything like that? 
I think there should be a balance between, you know, the, the right and the left brain stuff that they're doing between learning things and then maybe teach meditation, maybe go yes. outside in nature. We're just editing an interview with this wonderful lady from Canada who lives on Salt Spring Island, which is one of the coastal islands in British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And her kid is in this outdoor school where children are learning through experiencing things. Beautiful. They're studying biology by watching nature. Mm -hmm. They're sitting down with the elders telling stories with a walking stick at the end of each day. That's cool. And it's actually government funded. Wow. That is government support because she actually has to tell some of the, the subjects she has to homeschool her daughter in and she gets funding to be able to take the time and buy the materials to homeschool her daughter mm -hmm. and then the rest of the topics she learns outside from being in nature. Beautiful. And how amazing is that? Have you interviewed anyone from David Lynch's foundation with the Transcendental Meditation? Not yet. They are doing so much in schools. It's really, really, especially in South LA, it's really, really impactful. I would definitely um, reach out to them because I think yeah. what they're doing is really changing children. They have so many testimonials of, of kids who are, I mean, I don't want to say the wrong path, but they were going down maybe not the best path that would lead to their best, you know, abilities mm -hmm. and, and becoming the best person they could be. And it's really changed their lives. And I think it's really important to teach meditation, as you said, in schools, because as adults, we're struggling to learn this today. And yes. to make it mainstream. And yes. when you say people are working 16 hours a day, there's no room for meditation in that. You have to create room. And that in itself is impossible for a lot of people to do. Exactly. Or I even see it in the school system. It, you know, I've, I was born and raised in Germany. I go back there twice a year. As you know, I just came back there about two, three weeks ago. Yeah. And we used to have 13 years of school. We had three years of high school and they decreased the high school to two years oh. and realized it's not working. So mm -hmm. they're actually now back to three years. Okay. But my little cousin who just graduated high school last week, mm -hmm. she went through that two-year intense program. Mm. And when she was done, I saw, the, saw her. I'm like, so what are you going to do after school? She's like, I have no idea. I'm like, well, do you have any hobbies? She's like, no. It's oh. like, who has time for a hobby when all you're doing is just stuffing exactly. knowledge down your throat? Exactly. And, and they, she said she was in school from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night oh and then God. had to go home and do homework. Yeah, so you're working school, all day. Yeah, she had to cancel. She used to do horseback riding. She used to have all these activities and she pretty much had to cancel them for two years of high school because mm -hmm. there was zero time left. Yeah. So how are you supposed to even find your, your gift, your, your passion, passion, your element yeah. if all you do is just study a certain curriculum. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. And so your new film is going to go into that, and that's your narrative film. Does your current documentary series talk about that, or what's really the focus of the series? The intention behind it was that we see so many of these children, and not just what we would call the indigo rainbow or crystal children, being labeled with psychiatric labels such as ADD, ADHD, social behavioral disorder, social anxiety disorder. I don't know how many children have social anxiety disorder these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. Opposition defiance disorder is the newest thing. What is that? Opposition defiance disorder. Oh, so basically boy. saying no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not listening to your parents or your teachers. Exactly. Saying, oh. I don't want to do this. This is now a disorder that's actually in the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistic Manual, and children can be placed on psychoactive drugs that is for saying no. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and our our intention behind is we want to say we're going to point the fingers at the pharma industry, but what we want to do is we want to give 
parents, educators, therapists, solutions on how to help children, children who are highly sensitive, children who are saying no, or children who are not learning the way our education system well, structures. What, what is the balance? Okay, so I was with my lovely friend Donna yesterday and her gorgeous little one and a half year old boy, mm-hmm. Mr. Sassy Pants. I nicknamed him <laughs> Caesar because he was just, he's almost in his terrible twos. And I hate to say that, but it, they, they reach a point, that's when they learn no, right? They're they're learning me versus mommy and daddy, and I'm going to have power, and I have some power, and I'm going <laughs> to affect my own reality, and I'm trying to teach them how to swim, mm-hmm. or, or the beginnings of how to swim, because that's something that I used to do, and I love it. And he was saying no, and he was demanding for certain things, and sometimes it was a little too much, where I didn't want to go get his, like he was constantly throwing his shovel in the pool, and he's like, go get it. And I go get it. I bring it back. He'd throw it back in. Go get it. And I go back in again. I'm like, how many times am I going to do this? I am being the slave to a child right now. And while it's somewhat playful and I'm trying to, and the whole goal was to get him to have fun in the water, to eventually be able to learn how to swim and be safe in the water. But I kept doing this and I was like, how many times do I have to do this before I say no? So where is the balance? Because children will push boundaries. That's how they learn. That's how they learn to function in society. You can't, I mean, I would love that. I consider myself a hippie at heart. I would love for everybody to do everything they want all the time. But you couldn't have that, right? Then you would have somewhat of a bit of chaos going on. You have to have certain rules in society, loosely. But I'm just picturing all the free love hippies of the 60s. Susie's back there like, do anything you want. But at the same time, right? You know what I mean. Like, you, yeah, but you yeah. can't have that. You have, so, have to have certain rules. You have to drive on the right side of the road. You can't go around hurting people for no reason. Like you have to have certain societies. So where are the limits that we teach these kids versus also being able to let them be themselves, let them explore, let them be the indigo, the rainbow, the crystal and change the world. I don't know how to answer that. I'm not expecting you guys to answer that, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go. Christy? Christy. (laughs) I think the biggest thing, yes, there is a way to find a balance, to not allow too much space, but also to not put them in a little box and keep them in too tight within their boundaries. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is is communication. Mm. Really tuning in and listening. So even if a kid says no and throws a tantrum, tantrum, why are you is that kid doing that? Yeah. What is really going on? And to look not what is right in our eyes, but to really, really use our intuition, tune in and find out what is going on. And sometimes because I think we are so taught that we as adults, we know everything and we're supposed to teach the children. The children are teaching us too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we also have been taught, okay, you have to say to a child to do this, but don't do that. But I think if we live by example, they will follow. Yeah, We cannot enforce rules and regulations on children and do something completely different. Yeah. Especially with the Indigos, especially with the Chris and the Rainbow. Because if we say, do this, but we don't, they, they pick know. up. We're out they of know. integrity. Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. won't do that. Yep. Yeah. They know. So living by example and really being in integrity, communicating, listening, explaining things. Mm. I, I think, think it comes down to also respecting them as little humans. Yes. Like I think as adults, I think as adults, we look at kids and babies and we're like, oh, they're just, they're kids. They don't know better. Or they're, they're just, they're, ugh, they're kids. But they're just little humans in development. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And God willing, they're all going to get to where we are beyond in terms of age. Yes. And it's that difference that we're like, my grandparents, 
how they raised my dad in the 50s. You know, do as I say, not as I do. Here's my belt. You know, you're going to get it if you don't do what I tell you to do versus this is my little human and I got to teach him, don't put the keys in the light socket because then you're going to get a zap. But (laughs) at the same time, you're right. Communication, listening and finding that it's it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act and it's a muscle. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think that's the reason why we cannot say this structure works for everyone or this is how you go about it because each and every single child is different. Each and every situation is different. How did you get to be so, in, you know, you're an indigo? Yes. Well, we have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, how did you, because do you have children? Not yet. Not yet. Not so yet. how did you get so involved in all of this? First of all, I have my own story about my being an indigo. Okay. And then also, before we even started working on the series, I saw it in my circle of friends, my friends who were having children, who were medically diagnosed mm-hmm. at 22 months. 22 months. Yes. What? And I saw the helplessness in, in the parents mm-hmm. with a medical diagnosis. And when this opportunity came along, I'm like, of course, I want to get that information out. Sure. What were they being diagnosed with at 22 months? I'm just going to share the story with you. My friend's daughter, who is a super highly, highly sensitive rainbow child, she was in this preschool or daycare with 30 kids and one teacher. So we're, there were all these kids and running around. It was noisy and constant movement, constant energy. And she would spend the whole day just sitting in the corner by herself. Hmm. So the teachers and the school psychologist said, your daughter has social behavioral disorder. Oh, come on. At 22 months. Come on. And luckily, my friend called me. She said, this is what's going on. And when I I lived in New York for six months, I lived with her mom. And her mom was this amazing healer. And I said to her, Mm. you know, if your mother was still alive, she would tell you nothing is wrong with your daughter. Your daughter is a highly sensitive rainbow child. And she's Mm. like, well, what is a rainbow child? like let me come on over so i went over and i gave her doreen virtue's books about the indigos and the crystal and the rainbow mm-hmm. children doreen virtue yes she's an Didn't amazing she also author. do the angel cards yes yes. Okay. yes and she has a book called the care and feeding of indigo she has another one about the crystal children and she has a really cool cd it's not in book form yeah just a cd about a lecture she gave about the crystal indigo and rainbow it's brilliant yeah and she also teaches the writers workshops which is what i went to in new york when i got the book deal but they do them all ah. across the u.s but she's one of the lecturers yeah, she's amazing yes so i gave my friend the book and the cup and, and a month later i said to her well what's happening with your daughter and she said oh my gosh i read the books and i realized my child is highly sensitive so i pulled her out of that school and put her in a different school where there's 10 children with two teachers mm-hmm. she's a, com- a changed child and i actually went to her second birthday party which was two months after the mm-hmm. whole diagnosis happened and that kid was the leader of all the children she was <laughs> running around she was in her power <laughs> that's awesome and from me to seeing the helplessness in my friend and not knowing what to do, and yeah. and this is what the doctor says, this is what the psychiatrist says. I would says. imagine it can be devastating. I mean, we're not, we talk about this all the time, that we're not parents yet, but that we both, you know, want children in our lives. And yeah, I can imagine that that would be devastating. Devastating. And then it's, this is the route. You see your doctor, you see the psychiatrist, the school psychologist, and it's like, this is what you need to do. And mm-hmm. there's not enough alternatives, I feel, available for parents where they can say, hey, let's try this. So that was my inspiration of putting these interviews together and saying, okay, this is what you can do. Let's ed- educate some people, talk about alternative education, alternative school systems. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about people who are doing spiritual healing, energy healing, or alternative 
psychology or therapy mm-hmm. or this is what you can do with nutrition or just to give people tools so they can actually feel empowered and say hey there's different approaches when a child is sitting in a corner not playing what can we do to help that child what can I do to support my kid yeah absolutely and so how did you combine your passion with the filmmaking were you already a filmmaker did you get funding what how did that all come into being I actually came to LA to act. <laughs> <laughs> As most people do. Something different than anybody Sounds else, right? I mean, something no one does. Never heard of it. <laughs> and probably the worst place you can come to act. <laughs> yeah, stay in your small town and get exactly. famous. Seriously, there. here you go. Probably exactly. faster. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through a three year acting program and I did some work in the acting industry. I danced. I was already a dancer. Well, you were in J Lo's video, so yeah. let's sidetrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Which one? She actually made it. We're talking about the actors that never do anything. She, this girl did did some stuff. I am glad. It's the flash dance thing that she did. When she made fun of flash dance, it's directed by David LaChapelle. Oh, I oh love my him. God. I don't know that one. And I had to bleach my hair for that gig. Oh, really? I'm going to look for you. I... It, two weeks before, 10 days uh-huh. before the we filmed, I did a hair show for Schwarzkopf. And they'd put highlights in my hair. My hair turned green. Oh, my God. I looked like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, because you're already blonde. They have to be careful with highlights. But everybody at the dance studio thought I looked amazing. Oh, you were like, this is hip and They're cool. Like, yeah. Britney Spears dancers like, this is the coolest hair color over here. Oh, my God. That's funny. And uh, so, of course, I couldn't go on stage at the show. So they had to color my hair dark red. It was like a cherry red. Wow. And that was Saturday. And a few days later, after the show, I went to the audition for Jennifer Lopez. And... Long story short, I was working at the Edge Performing Arts Center at that time, the dance studio, and the casting director called, and I had him on the phone. I'm like, hey, I auditioned for you three days ago. Mm-hmm. Are you going to cast me or no? And he's like, well, you have red hair. David LaChapelle only wants to have blonde dancers. I'm like, you're kidding me. I was blonde five days ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, would you go back to blonde if we hired you? I'm like, twist my arm, of course. Of I'll, course. I'll go back to blonde. So I had to bleach my hair to oh be blonde for that video <laughs> was it so damaged after that it was so damaged and the show was asymmetrical 80s everything was uneven and i went into makeup and hair and the hairstylist like who the hell is cutting your hair <laughs> <laughs> you're like no it's a fashion statement no it's asymmetrical 80s <laughs> i got paid for this i know <laughs> yeah. i no. once chopped my hair into a mullet to be annette benning's photo devil Oh, wow. A mullet. A mullet. A mullet. It was like a rock star mullet. It was like a Joan Jett mullet, but oh, it was still a bad. freaking mullet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. People were like, oh, that's cool. It's not really you. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just but get a, a wig now? Anyway. Like, you can do so much more You, now. I could have. But of course, when they're dangling the job, you know this, they're dangling yeah. the job. Do you want to bleach your hair? Do you want the job? Do you want to? You're like, yes. <laughs> do you yes. want to? We'll hire you if you cut your hair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your mullet. <laughs> anyway, back to That's you. That's awesome. So you did that. I did that, yeah. So you were you came out for acting, and then how did you transition into filmmaking? One of my acting coaches from school, we were having lunch and I'm like, you know, I always get typecast. I have a German accent. Da, 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 da. He's like, why don't you work at my production company and, and help us find a good movie? And I started interning at his company. Cool. And I just fell in love with film production. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. Yeah. <gasps> and then when this project came along, I'm like, because.
I, I really have, I'm coming from, I come from a very spiritual family. Mm-hmm. I mean, my cousin is a naturopathic doctor. His mm-hmm. ex-wife does feng shui. My uncle is a yoga teacher. My grandmother at 95, she doesn't go to the doctor. She uses crystals. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's MD, when I was a little kid, would walk around with a dowsing rod to find, you know, yes. EMRs yeah. when I was eight years old. So that's how I was raised. Yeah. And, I, you know, I have my Reiki master. I've done a lot of spiritual trainings. And that in 2006, I heard about the being a, the indigos for the first time. And I'm like, how great is that? Like my love for production, mm-hmm. creating media to combine with, with my spiritual work or my spiritual interest and also to create media that hopefully can make a little bit of a difference in the world. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So I'm really passionate about that. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. so this was someone else brought this film to your production company or this was your brainchild that you created? There is a University for Integrative Energetic Medicine that mm-hmm. I've been working with since 2011. Mm-hmm. And their main thing is they actually train doctoral students to help people as therapists and a lot of people come are already licensed mfts or psychiatrists psychologists and they train phd students in how can we help people who have these psychiatric labels no matter if it's these children with add or adhd or adults who have phobias or fears or anything like that yeah so that's how it all got started in 2011 very cool and i'm sure this is all in the series but if a parent right now has a child that has been diagnosed with something, what is the first thing they can do if they have no idea where to turn? Where can they turn? Watch your series, call someone. Is there a website you recommend? Like what resources do you recommend? We actually, if you go to the childrenofthe-rainbow.org, that's our website for the series. Mm-hmm. And every single person that we interviewed, we have their contact information or website link over there. And we're actually getting people who are watching the shows to say, hey, I wish you were here and could work with my daughter. And mm-hmm. we actually have several people who are doing the therapy via Skype. Fabulous. So we are trying to get as many resources onto our page or links so parents can go there and just say, hey... I really, I've watched the interview with that person. It really resonates with what my child is going through. I want to work with that person. Mm-hmm. And they can find whoever we interview through our website. I love that so much. So, all right, we'll be right back with Christy's tips for helping indigo children thrive and change the world for the better. Food Heals Nation, we're so excited to announce that we are on Patreon. Patreon is ongoing crowdfunding for creators. It's a place to give back to your favorite creators for making the stuff that you love. So why are we on Patreon? The Food Heals podcast is free and always will be. And Susie and I are entrepreneurial rock stars who will work all day and all night to bring you the best possible content we can create. But we ladies got to (laughs) eat. Organic and plant-based, of course. By working together with our friends and fans, our intention is to bring you incredible content like video trainings, new podcast episodes, classes, discounts on our favorite products and services, opportunities for free swag bag giveaways. (laughs) We know how Food Heals Nation loves those swag bags and so much more. And besides putting in our own blood, sweat, and tears, we have to spend a lot to bring you the most high-quality content. We pay copywriters to bring you top-notch show notes. We pay hosting fees to host over 100 podcast episodes to date. We pay videographers to film our classes. We pay editors to edit our video classes and our podcasts. We pay designers to design high-quality websites, and the list just goes on and on. But don't worry, we're not going to take your donation and run. 
We're going to give you exclusive perks for your generous donations. Check out all the perks like shoutouts for your business on the Food Heals podcast, multiple ebooks and workshops on monetizing your business, doing a five-day juice cleanse and smoothie recipe guides. There's so many perks. One of my favorite perks is an exclusive VIP podcast, Emotional Freedom Techniques, Tapping for Releasing Trauma, with our very own Susie Hardy. That's me! I know. You can literally listen to this over and over again in order to heal yourself. So we need your help to create even more content for you, our Food Heals Nation. Join us on Patreon today and see what perks are right for you. That's patreon.com slash foodhealsnation. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We're back with Christy Reeves, who has acted in many TV shows, including The Division, Eyes, and Las Vegas. I used to be obsessed with that show, so I'm going to ask her about that. (laughs) (laughs) She played Roberta in the feature film September Song, directed by the famous German director Uli Lommel. Did I say that right? Yeah, Lommel. Lommel. Uli Lommel. Detective Keller in the feature Subterfuge, and Charlene in the short film In the Meantime, which she also produced. And Christie's first short, The Dancer, took first place at the Pasadena Arts Center Film Festival and won Best Cinematography at the Oklahoma Short Film Fest. Her film, Two Oranges and a Lemon, had its first world premiere at the Chennai International Women's Film Festival in India in May 2014 and has since been the official selection of more than 20 film festivals. That's amazing. I love a fellow filmmaker. Thanks for being here, Christy. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into how you discovered you were an indigo, and then we'll talk about how people can help indigo children thrive and change the world for the better. Thank you. It was actually not until my early 30s that I discovered I was an indigo. Mm. And I mentioned my friend's mother earlier, who I lived with when, when I was in New York. I was in New York for six months doing a show. And one day she came downstairs into my room. She said, I sent you an email. I finally know who we are. Open Mm. your email. Interesting. And she sent me this really long email about indigo children, what the mission of these indigo children is. And she was in her mid-late 60s at that time. And she's like, I feel like I am an indigo, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know. And I found this text somewhere and I read about the indigos and it became clear this is who we are. And you're an indigo too. (laughs) And and I actually published her email on my blog, christyreeves.com. You go to the blog and you said, and I think the blog is who you are in this world. like you, you'll find it. I okay, we'll the find it. Yeah. And sometimes, and all of a sudden, everything made sense to me, because high sensitivity. I was really, really highly sensitive as a child, and I think I was really lucky that I was born in a small town. I was raised in an eight hundred people village with mm. lots of nature around, where everybody knew everybody, and the neighbors all knew each other. Mm-hmm. Elementary school was really hard for me. Primary school was really hard for me because I saw these kids who were out of integrity, who were playing games, mm-hmm. who would stab you in the back. And I think this is one of the traits of the Indigos. We can see through the BS. Yeah, We can see when someone doesn't really mean what they're saying. And for me to actually create friendships with these people was really, really hard because I didn't want to be friends with someone who I knew was just playing a game. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time just being by myself. And I had two really super close friends. And one is still one of my closest friends in the world. We've been friends since we're six or seven years old. Aww. And then fast forward to school, I had some teachers in elementary school who I really adored and who I loved. And I was studying the Greek mysteries when I was 11 years old because my teacher brought it into the classroom and I was excited about it. 
but it wasn't appropriate with the other kids mm -hmm. in school, which is also very indigo traits. Like I said earlier, we kind of know our dharma. We kind of know who we are. Mm -hmm. And pretty much most of us remember who we are and what we came here to do, what our mission is, but then we're educated out of it. Or yeah. the peer kubrasha becomes so strong that we eventually just choose a different path and give up what we really are to do. And that's what I did for many, many years. At some point, I just forgot about this and moved into a different direction mm. and, and reconnected. And how does someone figure out if they're an indigo? Is there an online quiz we can take? Like, how do we figure this out? <laughs> I think Nancy Tappas book is really good. There's also a really good book. It's a little bit older called The Indigo Children by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. Mm -hmm. And they have even kind of like a checklist yeah. about what the traits of indigo children are. Although I feel like we're labeling so much already. Everything has to be labeled. Everyone has to be labeled that I kind of like to steer away from the labeling and say, hey, you go to the checklist, you have an indigo child, kind of how doctors go through the checklist. Oh, yeah. you have all these symptoms. Now you have ADD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if a parent's has a child who is really, really strong-willed and who also kind of knows what they want to do, mm -hmm. where they say, hey, mom and dad, this is what I want to do in the world. Yeah. Or some of these kids will say, you know what? I don't know what I want to do in the world. I just want to be happy. <laughs> But it comes from a really strong sense of conviction. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the traits of these indigo children. It's so interesting. And I have no idea if I'm one. Susie, do you know if you're one? Are you on Susie? <laughs> I don't know. I have always been a supremely sensitive individual. Always. To the point where I can walk into a room and I don't know if I'm an empath, but I could immediately feel the emotions of people around me, like instantaneously, I, especially my family growing up. And I carried them with me. I felt like it was my job to take care of my family. I thought like, oh, I feel all their emotions. I get it. Yeah. I remember here, okay, so I was in a gifted and talented program when I was little, starting at first grade, and I was the only one out of four school districts in first grade to be selected. So, And I remember my test, and it was very, like, take these blocks and make a pyramid, and mm, that was the one I remember. But I passed, and I was in a class with kids that were a lot older than me, but this class was amazing because it was led by this total hippie, Charlotte Coons, and she would have us meditate. She would do guided imagery and then she would wake us up and be like, now go write your story. She, it was very creative and I loved it. I loved that whole – and I did that class up until junior high school. Mm. I don't know. And I remember hearing about indigo children probably somewhere in like middle school or something. I remember hearing the, the terminology and the phrase coming out to – and I heard what you were saying where you couldn't be friends with kids when you were younger yeah. because of the bullshit. I remember feeling that, but then I also remember learning how to play the game. Yeah, me too. That's exactly how I felt. Like, I was like, oh, that. okay, this is how we're going to do this? Okay, th these are the rules? All right, well, uh, all right, I'll figure this out. But the difference was is you knew that you were putting it on, whereas they may not have. Yeah, and I remember the sensitivity is the thing that strikes me the most because mm -hmm. I remember cr I was crying a lot in my childhood because I could feel a lot. Mm -hmm. And the way that it came out was tears. Yeah. Like whether it was anger or frustration or sadness or fear, it was just I would cry and I was like labeled a cry baby. But I could <laughs> feel everybody. Wow. I could feel everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I became a massage therapist and an energy worker and 
and a psychology major and that that all that stuff especially energy work I went to yoga for the first time in a long time to take to do self-care and I felt great and that later that day I had a massage therapy session and I put my hands on my client and immediately and I've worked on her for 11 years and I put my hands on her and she's like you know what I don't know if I've said this to you before, but I can feel the energy in your hands. Wow. She's like, more than anybody I've ever had a massage with. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, that particular day when I took care of myself and I was moving my own energy in my own body and I've, I felt like Wonder Woman or something. I was, I could put my hands above her and it's like, ah, you know, I was vibrating. And I was like, yeah, uh, that I know. That I know I have a lot of energy going on and I'm a healer in this life. That's one of the things I like to do. But I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how to answer that. We need I, the checklist. <laughs> we need Next the time. checklist. Isn't there an indigo dousing rod to be like light up? Ding ding ding. <laughs> there should be. There should, yeah. Oh wait, this is the other thing that's super interesting. That when you mentioned this, okay, so probably like eight years ago, I went with my girlfriends down to a past life regressionist, and he was a yogi. He was a Sikh, and he's down in San Diego. And my friend had found him, and she's like, "We're all going." And I think I was the last one to have my session. I laid down on a massage table and he actually just read your, your, he sat at your head, but then he also like read your energy over your body. And it was different than, that was the first time I'd ever had anything like that. And he, oh my goodness, he went into all, he went into all sorts of stuff. He told me that I had had, this is super interesting. This is really interesting, actually. Get ready, Food Hills Nation. <laughs> so he was telling me, he's like, oh, he's like, you've been around many times. And I was like, yeah, I know that. I know I'm an old soul. That I know. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were a warrior in this one life that I'm seeing you're a warrior. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, you were, you practice martial arts. I'm like, all right. So immediately I'm thinking ancient China, because where did they have martial arts hundreds of years Probably, ago or yeah. a long time ago? Probably Asian. And you're actually like a bodyguard for the royalty. I was like, that's pretty cool. And I'm also assuming male. I don't know why I just did. And um, and he's like, you were an assassin. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you were, like, he was pretty much saying you were a badass. Like, you Susie, were, I knew you were a badass, but now I know for sure. <laughs> Hold on. It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. And he's like, you were a woman. And I was like, what? Like, women were not assassin, badass assassins hundreds of years ago. And he was saying it was in ancient times. It was not. It wasn't even, like, Recent, 200 yeah. years ago. It was, yeah. like, before that. He's like, yeah, you were... And you got, you, oh, oh, and I had told him that I, I felt like I always had a blockage at my throat chakra, even mm. though I'm a voiceover artist, it's part of my sacred wound, like the fact that I always hate singing, like there's a block, there's definitely a blockage there. Mm. I always felt like there was a blockage there in expressing myself, part of the reason why I always cry as a child, because I felt like I couldn't mm. express myself, like it was all in here. And he's like, oh, he's like, you had your throat slit in oh this former God. life. And I was like, whoa, that's heavy. Okay. He's like, and that's why you have kind of like something going on there. I was like, Were yeah. you Arya in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know. And then he goes, yeah, you were murdered by your, you were, you had your throat set by your lover. And I was like, whoa, this is like getting soap opera-esque. And he's this like, is a movie. she was a woman. <laughs> so I was an ancient female lesbian assassin who got murdered by my lover and the reason I bring all this up, because <laughs> I'm sure there's a good chunk of our listeners right now that are going, what? Yeah. He told me that I am a warrior and that I needed to go get a sword as a symbol and put it in my home to remind myself that I am a warrior. So when you said indigo children are warriors with a sword in their hand, I was like, ah, I need Ooh. my sword. 
I love that. Go get your sword. So maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> you have the sword already waiting at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like That's I revealed fun. a little a little bit more today on the Food Heals Nation podcast. Well, we've never done anything about past life regression. So no. maybe in a future episode we should. Because I've heard stories about myself as well. And I'm just like, what? You know, it's like... And I don't know if it's true. I don't have a strong belief either way. I absolutely believe in indigo children and being highly sensitive and being put on this planet for a mission and for a reason. And there's so many examples of that. There are so many people throughout our history who have just, you know, come out of the worst odds and changed the world. And that is a fact, no matter what you believe. And so Mm -hmm. that is definitely a thing. And I've always been extremely passionate about social justice and extremely sensitive, whether it's for humans, animals, whatever it is, like needing to have my voice heard and make a difference in that way. And I've no idea if I'm an indigo, but it's interesting to hear all of this, you know, and it's interesting to think about why am I on this planet and what is it my mission to do? And when you think about life like that, the other worries can kind of like go away, like your little troubles, your little stressors, like, why are you really here? Go do that. Yes. What are you passionate about? Go do that. That is your mission in life. Go do what you're passionate yeah. about because it's going to make a difference or change the world in some way. Whether yeah. you know how or not, it doesn't matter. And I so believe so many of these kids who are in their teens right now, they're teaching us to do that. Yeah. They are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and they're actually making a change. That's great. I mean, you look at Malala who won the Nobel Peace Prize yes. at the age of 18. She's amazing. Like, she totally knows her, her mission. Talk and about is, a warrior. Yeah. yeah, she's incredible. She's courageous. Look at, at Earth Guardians, that organization, youth organization in Colorado mm. that are really activists for climate change that save Mother Earth. And these kids are preteens, teens, and they're really creating change when it comes to the environment. Yeah. It's, That's incredible. And I think we can, we as adults can learn from them because I feel like some of us have been so educated out of our mission or our passions and these kids are teaching us to reconnect it and step back into that. And what do you said? There's a reason for me to be here. What is it? And let's go for it. Yeah. Like absolutely. these kids do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so how can we protect these sensitive souls and how can we help them thrive to change the world for the better like let's say you have kids or you're a teacher or you're some sort of influencer that influences children what can we do i think for the parents it starts right during pregnancy after birth Mm -hmm. to just give that child as much love and time and attention as they can we recently interviewed Diana Cooper, It's and it's one of her episodes. She talks about how when her granddaughter was born, she was constantly holding the babies and cuddling and cuddling and cuddling her. And she works with the angels, and the angels told her, it's still not enough cuddling. You're doing <laughs> you have to cuddle your daughter and get her some more. She's like, so- can a girl get a little me time? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but it, these kids need so much love. And if we can provide that space of love from the time they're in the room, where right after they're born, it starts with a much stronger foundation. Mm-hmm. And I feel, again, the education system, every child learns different. Mm-hmm. And to be in an environment where a child, it's not like, okay, everybody has to learn the same way, but what is your best way to learn? Are you more a visual learner, auditory learner, experiential learner? Yeah, very important. High sensitivity. These kids are highly sensitive to the environment, mm-hmm. to emotions, to loud words, negativity, mm-hmm. as much as they're sensitive to the physical aspect of our world, meaning let's say toxic cleaning products Mm -hmm. or food ingredients. Yeah. 
and to really make sure that the, the child has a clean environment emotionally spiritually but also physically give our child green foods mm -hmm. give them healthy foods give them foods that are organic that are non-gmo that don't have any kind of additives food additives and or... eat with them i can't yeah. tell you how many times i see little kid you know little kids are having their meals or they're just they're walking around and their mom is shoving something in their fist and they're walking away and it's like yeah. i was raised I don't know about you guys, but like when we had a meal, I sat to, at least if it was with just my mom, because she was my primary caregiver, we sat and she fed me and we talked and we connected and it wasn't just wander off and eat food over there. Yeah. I think that's yes. so important. It's so important. Again, you know. And they do that in Europe, yeah. don't they? I mean, meals are important, they like are. family time, it's connecting time. Sit down dinners, sit down lunches. Yeah. And it's again sharing by, you know, being the leaders. We're eating healthy foods with the children. Yeah. So they can learn from us. Mm-hmm. And there is a great, I always call it play, to do what that, that adults can do with the children. Because again, these little kids go into the room and they sponge everything up. Yeah, They are at home. They feel great. The mother takes them to the grocery store and someone in the grocery store is in a bad mood because that person just had a f fight with her boyfriend and is really angry and upset and resentful. And all of a sudden, the child is angry and upset and yes, resentful yes. because it absorbed that, that energy. Sure. So what I actually tell adults have really super sensitive children like go to public place maybe start with a park where there's a little bit more nature around don't go right to the mall on a sunday afternoon mm -hmm. go to the park and play a game with your kids where you go how does that person feel how does that person feel what do you think that person is thinking mm -hmm. and these kids will actually be able to tune in and figure out how that person feels or what they're th thinking about and it will teach their unconscious mind discernment discernment between what is mine and what is yours and it helps them to actually if they take something on to recognize it and the moment they recognize it, they can actually release it mm -hmm. or to not even take it on anymore because the moment that energy comes at them in the environment, they can go, well, this is not mine. This is not my anger or my resentment or my frustration. Have, this is the person over there. Have you heard of the Sedona method? I heard of it, but I never... Have you, Allie? Um, you told me about it the other day. Recently, yeah. I just started doing it again. <laughs> we were just talking about this two days ago. Um, yeah, tell our listeners. I came across this years ago and it helped me immensely. It's a method of releasing. Mm -hmm. It's just exercises to learn how to release. Because so much of us just hold on to memories, thoughts, beliefs, emotions like they are us. And kids, when they're babies, they let go of things right away. So they fall down, they stub their toe, they're started to cry, ow, that hurts. Oh, but look at that, there's a puppy. And they immediately release that and they're just mm -hmm. on to the next present thing. And versus as we get older, we hold on to things. This is me, mine. Anyway, it's a phenomenal. I actually want to do a whole episode on it. Let's do um, it. Here you go. But it's a phenomenal way of, <laughs> of learning how to release, of helping others release. And it, what it gets you to is being present and letting go of all the other stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. And so both of you are really into essential oils. Yes. And Christy, before we started, told us an amazing essential oil story that I really want to share because I think this is a good one. So what happened when you were on your way over here? Right before I was getting dressed, I got stung by a bee. Oh. On my ring finger, and within minutes, my finger swelled on, and it's really painful when you get stung by a bee. Yeah, yeah it's so painful. It's itchy and painful at the same it's time. Painful, yes. And my finger started throbbing. Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to this interview. Yeah. And I want to show <laughs> up here, right? <laughs> and I have this book about essential oils. I looked at bee stings, and I did a combo of lavender peppermint vetiver and roman chamomile and i put it together and put, I put it in a little jar and put it in my card in my cup holder and every 
red light I had, I was putting it on my finger. So by the time I got here, which was a good hour drive, it was completely gone. It's gone nothing right left. now. There's nothing on your finger. Nothing. Your finger looks perfect. And no pain, no sweat. You know what you can do next time? Not that you should ever get stung by a bee, but if you ever have to continue, put it on a Band-Aid. Put the mm-hmm. oils, that's what I did. Because I also stepped on a bee oh. and used essential oils to make it go away. And I just soaked the Band-Aid in it and just put it over it. That's a half hour later. Gone. Wow. No pain, no itching. And that's another good thing for kids because kids more often than adults are usually the ones getting stung. And I remember being in agonizing pain for long periods of time because we didn't know anything about essential oils. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we did for a bee sting except just like, okay, like wait it out. Wait till it feels better, you know? And it was so painful. It's so so painful. And I have my little essential oil kit. I had E. coli poisoning back in 2010 and it was so bad that I nearly went to the hospital and was in the middle of the night and I was trying and reached my cousin who's a naturopathic doctor and while I was waiting I pulled up the same book as we talked about and I looked at it and it said E. coli poisoning use thyme oil put it on the bottom of your feet wow. it corresponds with your digestive organs put it on your stomach and the mid of the back that's where the nerves come out mm. that go into the digestive system within 10 minutes I'm not kidding 10 minutes after being in the bathroom for hours within 10 minutes my system completely calmed down wow everything all the symptoms stopped I went to bed and I slept it off wow See, this is what I needed. I was in Mexico maybe two years ago now, and I got whatever it's called, Montezuma's Revenge. It was the worst sickness I have ever been in my my life. Just, I'm sure if you know what that is, you can picture it, so I don't have to get into graphic detail. (laughs) But what is the essential oil cure to that? Because I haven't been to Mexico since because I am terrified terrified Um, i can never feel that it's it's bacterial (laughs) right back i think it's bacterial Mm -hmm. i don't know could be could be viral but either way the essential oils and the ones that christy and i both love are young living and we're gonna do we're actually gonna do some videos on them yeah right because we want to i want to show people how i use these in my i got exposed to them um when i was in massage school with from my energy teacher and i learned something called raindrop therapy do you know raindrop therapy i love raindrop therapy raindrop therapy is amazing these oils are not, they are the immune system of a plant, and they actually kill bacteria, fungus, viruses. Nothing medically kills viruses, but these actually do. And every plant is different. Most people have probably smelled lavender oil, but these are therapeutic grade. They're pure, and they're phenomenal. And I've used them for a myriad of things. Never knock on the table. Never <laughs> anything super serious that I've encountered. But I, I know that my teacher actually said she had come down with meningitis and was in the mm. hospital and was not getting better. And she turned to her husband and said, go bring the oils. And he brought the oils and she was out in two days. Wow. So they are so powerful. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I don't know. I'll look up Montezuma's Revenge and then we'll go to Mexico. Here we go. <laughs> I can't <laughs> go until I have the cure. I cannot go. <laughs> okay. So Christy, tell us about your book, The Fabulous Adventures of Joel the Squirrel. Okay. That book was written in a workshop I did from the university I work with. Because we were thinking about how can we empower children? Yeah. Because so many of the stories, or even when you watch some of the TV shows for kids, it's all about suffering and sacrifice mm. and competition. I was raised on the grim fairy tales, which were kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. My, my mom even had like pins in my books because I couldn't even read, look at the pictures. It was so scary. Yeah. And there is a module that they do called Crest. It's empowering children through stories because our unconscious mind learns through story. Mm-hmm. If I say, think positive. <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. nothing. But if I tell you a story about how to think positive, your unconscious mind can remember and you yes. can integrate in your life. Yes. So we were doing a module at one of the summits that I always film. And my 
idea was I want to empower children to kind of what the indigos do to really stay true to yourself and and follow your mission follow your dreams and it's possible for us to make our dreams come true yeah so I wrote this story about this little squirrel named Joel whose dream has always been to travel the world and tell stories beautiful but squirrels don't travel the world and tell stories they pick hazelnuts (laughs) and everybody makes fun of Joel oh poor Joel because he has a dream and no one understands why he has a dream and then one day he finds a magic watch that actually allows him to travel the world and tell stories so it's his journey of of always believing in himself and making that dream come true I love it and where can people buy your book Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And so what else are you working on? What's coming up for you? Mainly our two feature films. That's the big project we're on right now. Very exciting. Yeah. And Christy, just last question before we wrap up. Can you talk a little bit about the epigenetics of food and why there are all these children without influence from their parents sometimes who are leaning towards veganism and vegetarianism? Why is this happening? I'd love to talk about it. I actually brought my book in. Unfortunately, it's only available in German. It was written by this wonderful man called Dr. Rüdiger Dahlke, German doctor, medical doctor, alternative doctor. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the epigenetics. Epigenetics is Bruce Lipton. We just spoke about Bruce Lipton. And that our DNA doesn't just contain the information. We're going to, you're going to be so and so tall. You're going to have blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes. Or, and this is going to be your skin color, your height, your weight. Yeah. But it also, our DNA contains the information of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. What they went through, their memories, their emotion. It's being passed on from generation to generation to generation. And we've been hearing more and more about it with with humans Mm -hmm. and if if the the audience wants to look at some really amazing information doc i highly recommend dr bruce lipton's work he has lots of videos on youtube he has books about it the biology of belief is Mm -hmm. one of his well-known most well-known books and he talks about epigenetics and the passing on the information through our genes well animals have the same thing Mm -hmm. they pass the information on from generation to generation to generation and if we think about these children, the rainbow indigo crystal children, or many children like being so highly sensitive, if they're ingesting meat, they're actually feeling everything that is in the meat because they're actually eating the emotions and the memories of these animals. Mm. And it starts with the, the, the killing process of these animals because these animals are in terror. They are afraid. They're yes. going through tremendous trauma in the slaughterhouse. Well, first, before they're killed, their babies are usually ripped out of them from the beginning. And be- yes. besides the fact that they're first abused and artificially inseminated in the most disgusting ways you could possibly imagine, then their babies are taken away from them to become like milk cows or whatever immediately in most cases same with pigs and then they know they know when they're about to die and and these children are eating the meat and they feel the terror they feel the fears and they feel the pain the trauma so a lot of these children not even consciously are feeling it but very unconsciously intuitively and they're refusing to eat any kind of animal products because they're refusing to eat the pain and then if you think about what is the epigenetics what is the history of of let's say our cows or the pigs or even the chicken especially the cows the cows are being brought into the slaughterhouse and they're not like you know like a horse that is trying to get off and run away they're actually following 
without thinking into the slaughterhouse. And isn't that what we humans have been programmed to do too? Mm -hmm. To follow without thinking, to conform, to not rebel against what is right and what is wrong, just to do what the group consciousness dictates Mm -hmm. us to do, to do what we are told to do by the outside. And that is the epigenetics. That's the information that's been in the DNA of the animals that we have been eating for so many generations that are being raised to become food so to say and they never have any sort of normal happy animal life on a farm skipping and jumping around no no but i feel like even the animals that have been raised in a different environment where they have to be on a farmland Mm -hmm. where they have that that environment of grass and nature even there when they come into the slaughterhouse they are following the leaders and they're Mm -hmm. not rebelling they are following Mm -hmm. and these indigos are so much about not following yeah yeah. there's so much about (laughs) like you say you gotta go right the indigo will go left right right there's so much about sticking to their own guts to their own instinct and following their own path and not following the path that we have been like the masses have been following for generations generations for the so for them actually saying i'm going to become a vegan or vegetarian i'm not going to ingest animal products anymore Mm -hmm. it's actually helping these kids to be in their strength and power because they're not getting the information into their physical body that says no you need to follow Mm, that's so interesting it's so deep to think about all of these things and how it's all interconnected and i remember when my dad was sick and I was first learning about this and I was telling him, you are getting the DNA of the animal and you can experience their pain and you can, you're getting, you know, all the growth hormones that are put into them are then going into your body. But though, and I was talking about the emotions and he just said, I don't believe in this. Mm. He said, meat is meat. It's dead. And I eat it because it's good for me. Yeah. And I could not get through to him. But I absolutely believe that. And, you know, now that I'm meat-free, I feel like everything changed. Even, I don't know if it's hormonal-based or what it is, but in terms of my anger and frustration, and of course I still get angry and frustrated, don't get me wrong, but God, it's different. It's different. It's more natural and it's okay now and it's not, it used to be so much darker. And I don't have that anymore. And I really think it's because I don't eat meat. Yeah, and you have so much clarity. I mean, I became a vegetarian 22 years ago. Wow. And then I've been going back and forth between eating dairy products or Uh not. A lot of people, yeah. And I feel the cleaner I eat, Mm -hmm. not just organic, non-GMO, but the less... uh, The the cleaner I eat, the more natural I eat, or even vegan raw foods. Mm -hmm. I've been eating... So much thank you, Jason. Jason from Jason's book. Yes. I just made one of his super smoothies today. It was Hashtag awesome. eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and and just eating really, really healthy, clean, high vibrational foods, my own vibration becomes different. I'm like, you know, you, you you're happier and you can also think clearer. You don't have brain fog or your intuition becomes stronger that yeah. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, where can everyone find you online, follow you, stalk you, buy your books, see your films? Well, I have several websites. <laughs> Most people do. Most people do. That's okay. My main website is christyreeves.com. That's uh-huh. my own personal website with my blog about, I have a blog called Being an Indigo. Love so it's it. my own experience about being an indigo, my thoughts about being indigo. The production company is songlinesentertainment.com. Those are all the future projects. Beautiful. And the Rainbow Get Series is the children of the rainbow.org. 
Love it. And are you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, if you go to any of those sites on our homepage, it has the link to our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram accounts, so just and YouTube accounts as well. So I think people can just follow us. Beautiful. And can you leave us with a tweetable? You can change the world by changing the way we raise our children. Beautiful. Tweet it to Christy at Christy Reeves. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your posts. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It was such a gift to be here with Thank you today. Christy. Thank so you. So much fun. Food Heals Nation, don't forget to join our mailing list so you can get all the juicy details when we launch our Food Heals VIP Club. Yep, sign up today and we will email you a discount code that you can use to get 20% off anything in the club. The Food Heals VIP Club is a members-only club and holistic lifestyle brand where we will teach you strategies and classes in the fields of nutrition, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. All our favorite things to talk about. All our favorite things. (laughs) The Food Heals VIP Club is something we've been working on for a while now, and We've just been putting our hearts and souls into it. It's been really fun and rewarding, and I just can't wait till we launch to bring you all this good stuff. So stay tuned for the launch date, but we are thrilled to bring you classes like how to do a juice cleanse, or if you are looking to add more vegan meals into your life, we're going to give you the perfect vegan meal plan for ultimate health, longevity, and vitality. Or if you have a health business like we do, we'll teach you the exact strategies we use to get sponsors, how to use affiliate marketing to build your business, how to attract more clients for your coaching business, how to rock the world of social media, and just so much more. And of course, we promise to get a little woo-woo on you and teach you all about energy healing in our manifestation classes and guided meditations, like how to manifest more money, or how to release food cravings. And even how to attract the one. I think we should get woohoo on them. (laughs) (laughs) So go to foodhealsvip.com. Sign up today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.